0: What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrose from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. This episode needs an introduction because I interviewed Faith uh, at FF underscore Leap of Faith from the Dynasty Happy Hour uh, crew. Clan? I'm not sure what we are, but Dynasty Happy Hour. Um, I was planned to release that Saturday, but her and Stepmom Lauren at Stepmom Lauren on Twitter are taking over the Club Fantasy FFL podcast. Um, it's the same... The website and their Twitter at Club Fantasy FFL, um, and you can find the their podcast. I'm guessing wherever you listen to podcasts by typing in the same thing. Anyway, for the month of August, they're taking over that podcast to feature women in the fantasy football industry. No, nah, that sounds wrong. Fantasy football analysts, fantasy football content, whatever we are doing here, they're featuring uh, people every uh, Wednesday. Uh, for the month of August, and that starts tomorrow, or August 12th. You know how time works, so you can probably figure out when August 12th is, in relation to whenever you're listening this, but it's every Wednesday for the month of August anyway. And so I thought releasing it now would be a good idea before that starts, so you might have a chance to catch it. The first episode has Liz Lozer on, who I'm an incredibly big fan of, um, and would recommend you check out anything with her on anyway. So... Yeah, um, I wanted to get this out early, which means I have to, I guess, find something else to do this Saturday, which should be fun. Either way, I hope you enjoy the, uh, the interview. I really enjoyed talking to Faith, who's really only just got started in Dynasty Football, and I always kind of enjoy those conversations where I spend most of my time trying to find out what something means and then explain it and how we can use it. Like, that's the conversation, right? What do we actually know? And she's really starting off from scratch in Dynasty. She just wrote a first article for DHH on Dynasty advice that she's been given. And it struck me that a lot of it was remarkably generic. It's stuff I've said, but I don't, it's remarkably unactionable when it's just said blandly. And I thought it would make for an interesting conversation. I really think it did. I really enjoyed talking with Faith. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Thanks for checking it out. Let's get to the interview and I will talk to you again on Saturday about something or with someone, I guess. Thanks. Bye. So you're just starting to get to play Dynasty, right? This is your first year or your second year? or
1: This is my first a... year in Dynasty.
0: Okay. So you've done a startup draft and maybe a rookie draft so far, and that's it?
1: Uh, we haven't done any rookie drafts. All of our drafts have been combined. Right. I went from zero Dynasty three months ago to now I think I'm in – four dynasty leagues
2: mm-hmm.
1: including John Helmkamp's what the triple F dynasty league which is insane
0: yeah you're just jumping into the deep end right there straight away I see
1: oh yeah nice. Just um, time, so.
0: do you prefer them combined I don't think I've ever asked anyone but I kind of like having a second draft to be honest just because drafting is fun
1: <laughs> I don't know I don't know any different you know, no, that's fair <laughs> So I can't tell you that like our I'm in another (laughs) startup dynasty league that we're currently I think we just finished drafting and our commissioner just asked us do you want taxi spots and I was like I don't know what that is so they finally explained it and I'm like somebody said that would have been better to know before drafting because it would have changed the strategy and I'm like, I can see that. I I don't really know how to vote because I don't know either way. If we get taxi, I'll figure it out. If we don't get taxi, I don't need to worry about it. So I'm learning lots of new words.
0: Yeah, all that stuff becomes, a, I think, a little more vital in Dynasty Leagues where there are a few more angles in every direction. Uh, and so what I'm, what I'm saying is like, it's really important to make sure you – have a set of rules in a dynasty league for stuff like this. Like you can't make changes to a league without voting on it, or you can't make changes to the league during the season or before the draft, or it has to be done before the draft. Like it becomes, it becomes very, uh, and pedantic very quickly, but, you only have to see a few things go wrong to understand why you get very pedantic about it because when there's someone that disagrees, it can blow up a league. It's like, no, I drafted with the idea there wouldn't be a taxi and that would completely change my roster. Now they might actually just be mad about their roster and they didn't <laughs> go as well as they thought, but I mean, it's a great excuse, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Also, taxi squads can be a, a whole bunch of different things. Like I'm in a league where a taxi squad, you're only allowed to hold a player on there in their first or second year. And the minute you take them off it, you can't put them back on it. And I'm in another league where it's a lot more fluid who can go on it and who can come off it. And I always like the idea of taxi squads because I'm a big shopper of undrafted free agents and you need a lot of space to do that. But I don't know if it's just better to have a bigger bench.
1: I think the idea of it sounds great for somebody who's just learning dynasty. And When you're used to redraft, it's... You're playing for this season. You don't have to worry about the future. You don't have to worry about rookies or any of that. You're playing for this season. So you don't have to figure out, okay, so this rookie is good to have. We'll just go. T. Higgins, good to have on your bench for next year. Do I need to stick him in a taxi spot? Do I keep him on my bench? If we're going taxi, I'll probably stick him in a taxi spot. But again, the minute I pull him off, He's off. I have to play him. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. So it's something that's... Me, specifically, I'll have to navigate as I go because I have no experience with it.
0: I think people misunderstand or exaggerate the difference between Dynasty and Redraft in some interesting ways. Like, that does go back to what I was saying about being pedantic, though, because just as you know in playing in Redraft, it becomes about exploiting edges sometimes. It's a guy in your league who is always just on the verge, like the New England Patriots. You know, they're just pushing it a little too far. That's not the spirit of the rule kind of a thing. And so I've got uh, people in some of my leagues have complained that other teams are holding players on their bench who are very valuable and worthy of starting in their lineup because they think they're trying to tank the year and get a better draft pick. So they're just pushing the rule. Like, you probably should have taken A.J. Brown off your bench. I don't want to start him. I want to keep him on my taxi. That's it. that's within the rules. That's not the spirit of the rule, though. <laughs> and so that's what I mean about pedantics. Because everyone will, if you're in a good league, there'll be someone always trying to push every edge. Like, technically, I can add play, players off the waiver wire before the season starts. That's not what we agreed on, but it's not in the rules. And so, you, yeah, so but anyway, to get back to... What I think is probably a better, broader conversation. Well, let me just ask you what you think about it. You just wrote this article for um, Dynasty Happy Hour, right? It's on Dynasty Happy Hour's website. You asked a whole bunch of people for different people about advice for playing in Dynasty as someone who mostly plays in Redraft. So just what in general do you think the response was or how do you feel right now? What's the main difference between the two?
1: So many different responses. I got so many similar responses. One of them, Mm. so redraft you're playing for this season you only have to worry about this season dynasty you have to figure out are you playing for this season are you in a win now or are you building for the future you have to look 10 feet ahead of you but you also have to look 20 feet ahead of you and kind of figure that out and marry the two and take the best of both Right. Because unless you're specifically tanking this season because you're rebuilding you still want to win everybody wants to win it's fantasy football whether it's free or paid everybody wants to win that's i think i fun. think you're
0: right you should draft every team trying to win but you always have i mean the general uh, is exactly what you're saying the advice you're getting is you also have to be a little bit more aware of the future i do worry people exaggerate that though goes that's what i was talking about before like you can exploit that edge like you can not try to win now and look only at the future. Like it's, it's always useful to go to an extreme. I'm only going to draft young and and rookie players and I'm going to be terrible this year, but my value is going to be great next year, which works great unless you're drafting in 2015, 16 and 17. And then you just quit the league basically at that point (laughs) because it did not work out. I I think the going to the extreme is interesting, but I worry that people get stuck in the mid-gram when they first start to play Dynasty. And since you're doing that, maybe I could suggest that you try to see looking at the future slightly differently. For a start, what do you think being concerned with the future looks like?
1: In redraft, I feel like in redraft, people are going to look at, say, some of your rookies and know Mm -hmm. that they're probably not going to play this season because the position player that they drafted for... the position that they were drafted for, somebody on the team still has that spot is still pretty great. They're not going to lose their spot this season to a rookie. However, the next year or so.
0: At wide receiver, mainly. but Yeah.
1: Yeah. The next year or so, that person may move into the the playing spot and you now have this really good player.
0: So you're more interested, you draft rookies higher than you would in a redraft. I think that makes perfect sense, right? We normally get like one wide receiver who's fantasy relevant during some of the season um, in a redraft and basically none outside of that. Now, like running backs are slightly different, but sticking with wide receiver, I see that point. But I think people can exaggerate that. Even that's too far. Like you want to draft rookies higher but our hit rates and rookies are so low that you, do, it, it's about what it, it's about what their ADP looks like, for example. So, and I did not prepare like every other show, just in case anyone's listening, wondering, like she, uh, Faith isn't an exception here. I gave her no preparation whatsoever. This is completely <laughs> off the top of your head, which is a really unfair question. But um, let, let me make it a little bit more extreme. Like I notice a problem with DeAndre Hopkins' value right now. And I'm a big fan of older wide receivers because I do think they keep producing once they're elite. But he's 28 this year. COVID is going to make 2020 look really weird. He's going to a new team. And by the time we get another season, he's going to be 29, probably coming off a down year. And right now he's being drafted in the top 12 that's a concern in dynasty that you probably don't have to worry about as much in redraft. Is that fair? Do you think exactly? And um, so I do see a little bit of a problem with Deandre Hopkins value. Cause I think it can only slide from here, despite the fact I think he's going to keep producing. There's this aspect of dynasty, which I really, that's how I frame the difference between redraft and dynasty in dynasty. Value is a thing. I don't think it really is in redraft. Like there's not, a, in my experience, there wasn't a lot of trading, Um, and the trading there was value is kind of it's more immediate anyway like you said it's all about this year so i need a running back not a wide receiver instead Mm -hmm. of i need more positional value which is much more of a dynasty thought so i think the quintessential difference is value for the long term like i saw a stat once where most dynasty leagues only last three years and if you're drafting in three-year windows you're basically foregoing your entire win opportunity Another statistic shows that the most likely year, the easiest and the best year for you to win is the first year, even in a dynasty league. That's your most likely year to win. So if you're thinking I'll win year two, it's probably harder to do that. And that's because of what we were just talking about. You're projecting out rookies. So we want them more. They're more highly valued, but we hit on them. So like our best hit rates are like a 50-50 flip in the first round. It's a coin flip. So if you bet everything on year two because this rookie is going to be good and then it's a 50-50 shot, whether they're A.J. Brown or J.J. Sager-Whiteside, that's a bit extreme, but you get my idea. Um, it's harder to win in year two, and if you're planning everything for next year, it it just makes it that much more like unlikely that you're going to get the bets you're making correct, if that makes sense. Whereas betting on Julian Edelman and Julio Jones this year is probably a sound bet. Yes, the value is going to decline. Yes, they won't be... As they will be worth even less next year, but so might be your rookie be, and you're definitely not going to get their points. So th- there's a line at which I think um, valuing the future, we can get so focused on the future that we make mistakes, uh, very simple dynasty mistakes, which is overvaluing youth, over- overvaluing the unknown. Um, so a player like Cortland Sutton, as far as I can tell, or Calvin Ridley, who I actually think I would rank lower, Tyler Boyd, these players um are not nearly uh what's the word less valuable how do i conjugate that and they shouldn't be ranked lower than rookies this year because they're much more likely to still be productive over the next two years because they are young and their value is probably going to remain stable or go higher how does upside do you think based on the advice you got for your article um how much do you want to focus on upside like uh cd lamb has a lot more upside than tyler boyd so does that make him more interesting to you?
1: I've seen multiple different viewpoints on CD Lamb. Draft CeeDee Lamb, he's gonna be great. CeeDee Lamb hype is too much, don't draft him. So I think the hard part, especially for somebody who's playing who's new to Dynasty and is now thinking about the future and rookies and all that stuff, it's finding that middle ground of who to trust. Right. Because if you've only ever drafted redraft before. You've never thought about the future. So you have to do, find your middle ground and decide, okay, do I listen to these people? Do I listen to these people? Do I just ignore everything and draft whoever I want to?
0: Did you find any advice uh, that you got for playing Dynasty contradictory? Like, did anything contradict itself?
1: yes i had people say balance youth with age don't be afraid (laughs) veterans Veterans are good like especially if you think you can win now but then it i also got don't look too hardy on veterans like because you need to build for the future and i'm like
0: that's what we're talking about right yeah
1: but but which one is it do i draft veterans with a handful of rookies or do i go rookie hard with a handful of veterans
0: where is that balance exactly yeah That's what I was trying to get to with my question. I completely confused me and you with (laughs) Cortland Sutton and Julio Jones. And do you think you need to enter a draft with a strategy? That's something I saw on your list.
1: That's yeah. That's something that somebody told me, which was contradictory to somebody else. I got make sure you have a strategy going into your draft. And then I got when the draft zigs, you zag. Okay. (laughs) When the draft zags, why do I need... A strategy, because I'm just throwing my strategy out the window at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, they're literally telling you the opposite thing. And and all of this sounds like good advice, but it's hard to put into practice when it's talked about just in platitudes. So can I ask you, like, what do you think would have been more useful advice? Like, what were you looking to be told? Like, a rankings list or something more specific stuff, right?
1: Um, Not a rankings list. I hate numbers. Obviously. A rankings list is helpful when you're drafting just for reference but there's still a whole lot that goes into it because i can go to three different websites and pull up three different ranking orders and talk to three different people who've got people ranked in three different ways i can go to espn sleeper or my fantasy league and the adps are all different Mm -hmm. so again it's taking information from over here, information from over, e- over here, and information from over here, mixing them all together and figuring it out.
0: What do you think you figured out? Nothing. There you go. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it, like, I don't think I've got much, most things figured out. Did you end up going into that draft with a strategy or with an with a, with, with the zigzag philosophy in mind? Which did you go with?
1: My, my strategy was, no strategy
0: i think that's a great one
1: (laughs) ask for help
0: that seems fine too i mean that's where we've got a community right you can just ask like who do i draft now
1: Um, i I did i I would when i was on the block or on the clock i gave several of my friends i'm like okay here are my three options talk to me about them and i would get Love this guy for XYZ. Don't touch this guy with a 30-foot pole. I'm okay on this guy, but if this guy's still available, I'd go him instead. So Twitter is your friend when you have any kind of questions about anything fantasy football related. No, I
0: think it's a really good point. If we stay too broad so that it can encompass whatever situation you might encounter, basically it's unactionable, right? You have no idea what to do with any of that advice. Did you get anything that was at all specific enough to help did you find yourself valuing wide receivers a little more than you would if you were just doing a regular redraft because i think that's a common dynasty thing
1: yes because i wasn't i was informed by many people Mm -hmm. that wide receivers age better than running backs so you can take younger wide receivers and hold on to them but your running backs don't last as long.
0: Very true. Um, and that goes back to the value thing I was saying. Wide receivers, uh, put, let's put it in a specific, shall we? Cortland Sutton could just be what he was next year. We think that's about his floor, top 24 wide receiver. Good, right? Really good player, but he's not Julio Jones. He's not uh, what A.J. Brown even gave us last year. But he will still be about as valuable. You'll be able to trade him for the same amount or a similar amount. Or well, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but he's going to be about stable. On the other hand, Austin Eckler, it's probably going to be wild. He'll either go up a few picks, because he's already a top 12, I think, right now, running back. Or people will be like, oh, he's done with. He's hes going on 26, <laughs> and uh, he's an undrafted free agent. And so I think that's why Dynasty values wide receiver. It's because next year, um i'm guaranteed not guaranteed but i'm lot like less loo- likely to lose any of that precious dynasty value and um, mm-hmm. the thing is austin eckler as you know playing redraft is a lot more likely to win you your championship if he's a top 12 running back right mm-hmm. Than uh call on certain top 24 and that's where the difficulty in the balance gets and like you were saying it's all about trying to figure out for yourself and i really do think that's an important point too like you kind of have to decide where your line is um and that's why people stay generic. They don't want to t- tell you exactly what you should think because they want you to have the fun. And also you should figure out your own opinion because maybe you're better than them, frankly, and you'll figure <laughs> out something better. So they don't want to put something wrong in your head. But I would say default. I'm all, I was recently talking about drafting um, with the assumption that I think everyone should know if they don't, that the default is you want the running back. Running backs win you championships. They win you weeks. There's less of them, and therefore they're more valuable anyway. Those top 12, those top five running backs, I mean, they're gold. So we should always be leaning running back. But if you're you're scared of the running back, like Eckler could be worth nothing next year, that's where you might start to think about dynasty value. So you draft your favorite wide receiver because at least you're not going to lose as much. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to you. Like, where does that happen for you? And for me, someone in the top 12 that I'm really worried about right now is Joe Mixon. So, mm-hmm. like, when it gets to Joe Mixon in the ADP, I'm like, maybe, maybe I want to go with a wide receiver here or another running back I like better. If you see what I mean. Did you find yourself? <laughs> is there a specific running back you find yourself you found yourself being more afraid of? Whereas normally, just thinking about the one season, you wouldn't have been. Nope.
1: <laughs> I probably should be, but I guess because I still have redrafted in my head, I. Right. I probably sh- am not paying attention to these drafts like I should be or in the yeah, right would. frame of mind, but I'm like, if I lose, it is what it is.
2: I got next. It year. is
0: what it is. No, that's exactly right. You I mean, you are just meant to be having fun at the end of the day. No, exactly. not, the majority of us are not trying to win thousands and thousands of dollars. The draft is just meant to be fun. So yeah, I think that's good advice too. Like don't think about it so hard that it starts being fun. Um, it is inter- I think that's a balance. It's where you want to turn, reach for value over mm-hmm. t- over points. But I do think, and again, this is just what I say. I think we can you can play dynasty exactly like you play redraft. The difference is, like you were saying about ADP, I think that's the best information you can get. You don't have to follow it, but mm-hmm. like I think we would draft Melvin Gordon a lot higher in redraft than we will in dynasty because of value. But if yeah. you want to draft Melvin Gordon because you're playing redraft, all you need to know is that I can wait an extra round and I still get my guy and maybe I'll take one of those value guys, whatever. But you can still essentially um, target the same strategy. You just know that they get pissed in different rounds. And that's honestly the way I'd start to make the switch. If I was going to lay out a strategy, it would be find the guys you want in redraft and just adjust where you're going to take them. Instead of taking Melvin Gordon, and I'm going to guess a top five pick, Instead, he's probably more like a top eight round pick instead of a top five round pick in Dynasty so that you can fit more players that you want um, on your roster before you pick him up. And I think that's that's doing both. You're looking to the future and you're playing for 2020. And I think it's an easier switch than trying to encompass all this generic advice, which is all well-meaning and good and right in it and in it, in of itself. Um, I did see there was one in here that, Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but there was a comment in here, or you remember it. Don't be afraid to trade rookie picks for proven veterans. Rookies are a bigger crapshoot than most will admit. And this is basically something Josh Hansmeyer calls structural drafting in a sentence. He's got an article about it. How do you feel about that one, coming from redraft and looking at Dynasty? Did that strike you as true, or did you try and implement that in your draft at all?
1: I have a hard time with Coming from Redraft, most people don't trade Mm -hmm. picks, especially because there's no future picks to trade. And so anytime I would get offered, I'll give you this person and this pick for this person on your team. I'm like, uh, okay, you friend over here, I was offered this trade. Yeah. I have no idea how to value trades. It's really difficult. Redraft.
0: That's why we have trade calculators to give us a sense of what other people would do. But asking a someone that you know is always better (laughs) because they're going to, they're going to, because trade calculators are working in the generic, but a person can just look at the trade and go, nah, bro, (laughs) not at all. Um, And I
1: will say there were a handful that I was offered that I looked at it and I was like, no. No, like somebody offered me, they wanted me to give them, I can't even remember who it was, but it was like my second round pick. So pretty valuable person. And I had acquired a second 2021 first rounder from another trade that I did. So they wanted my second round pick plus both first round picks for next year in exchange for a fourth round pick next year and like their fourth round player, I'm like, you are out of your ever loving mind.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, I would say it's important not to get locked into you drafted a player in the fourth round, so he's not worth it. But yeah, that 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 that's trash trade. That's a that's a terrible yeah. trade. Like a fourth round pick next year. That's a fourth round in a rookie draft. That's that's uh-huh. basically. Mm, no that's nothing i mean people do like to try and build up third and fourth round picks but it's so they can stuff them into trades to get trades they otherwise wouldn't Mm -hmm. it's not really because they're excited about making that pick and no people like to i found it a lot in startup drafts as well they like to try and play with value there because it's harder to visualize what that means what does my second round startup draft player look like i haven't drafted them yet Uh i mean is that saquon barkley no <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> but it's hard without a name on it. It's not a Superflex League, is it?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Oh, okay. Um, in that,
1: in, are Superflex.
0: in that case, the it's two. New to me. I had. I was given two pieces of advice that I still think were pretty good when I started drafting Dynasty. And the first one is in Superflex, QBs are never cheaper than in the draft. And the simple reason is everyone's trying to play draft strategy in the draft.
2: Mm-hmm. But then
0: when it comes to trades. Even if it's fair value or even better value, like you're getting all the value in that trade, no one wants to go down a quarterback. You have mm-hmm. to start two. So yes. you have to get a quarterback in return. So it's really hard to pick up an extra quarterback. Um, and it still proves true today. Like it's, I wouldn't John Bosch. John Bosch is the type of player who would just draft quarterbacks just to make everyone mad because they will have to trade with him now. <laughs> but. Always be willing to take a quarterback a little bit earlier than you're comfortable because those they really get more expensive after the draft. And that's useful for you if you want to trade them or just so you don't have to trade for them. And, and the other one is it's the same thing but with rookie picks. While I'm not a big rookie pick fan, they're never cheaper than when in the startup draft. And the thing about rookie picks is they don't get less valuable. Like the closer you get to the draft, the more valuable they get. And that's always true. So if you're taking them a year in advance um, and I still, I think those two might be a little bit more specific, but it took me like, and there's a way of taking advantage of that as well. But like you say, if you're just starting to play dynasty, it's really hard to know. Perfect. I just saw a tweet on tri- Twitter saying they remember when Kevin White and TJ Yeldon were first round dynasty picks in rookie trash, So you're never quite sure this far out if you're getting the TJ Yeldon or if you're getting the Saquon Barkley and that's the uh-huh. risk inherent in dynasty picks themselves. But something that we do know is those picks are going to get – people are going to want them more and more the closer you get to that next rookie draft. So it's always a good idea to keep an eye on them at least, maybe take them a little earlier or trade for them a little more than you're comfortable with.
1: Back to quarterbacks. So thank you. Yeah, go. Coming coming from a redraft, you usually draft maybe two quarterbacks. Usually it's two. If you take any more than two quarterbacks, you're ridiculous. You don't need a third quarterback. (laughs) My I remember getting we'll say reprimanded. I it wasn't quite like that, but I remember getting reprimanded by Josh Hudson for drafting three quarterbacks in a league. He said, Why do you have three quarterbacks? And I said, because I wanted three. And he goes, You're wasting a spot. And I said, But I wanted three. He said (laughs) (laughs) but I want it. And then he said, why did you draft a quarterback in the fourth round? And I said, because I wanted them. And he said, never draft a quarterback before the sixth round. And I was like, okay, fine. So that is not the strategy you take in Superflex. Because I had never been in a startup draft where people went on positional runs. Like that was never a thing. You would go like running back, running back, wide receiver, handful of running backs, tight end, but mm-hmm. people go on positional runs for like five, six, seven picks. And then if you don't get in on the action early with a quarterback or so, the starting quarterbacks are gone. And now you're looking at Mitch Trubisky <laughs> as the top one. And you're like, well, crap, what did I just do?
0: Believe it or not, the there I think there are a lot of things in that advice you got that we're trying to, prepare you for that but again when you say it generically it doesn't come off the page Uh um like crap i'm not gonna flip over and read them all and find the one i'm thinking of but um Again, it's about value, though, and John Bosch is the guy I always think of when someone does that. It's trying to create need in other teams with your draft picks. Instead of taking the players that you want, which was your strategy, but I wanted them, I feel that yeah. way. But there's always someone in a draft that's like, I'm going to make you need something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and win by controlling this thing uh-huh. another way, and it's it's not... It's very annoying, but it's an it can be a really useful strategy, and that can be difficult too when 20 quarterbacks fly off the board. Um, as a rule, especially not in Superflex, I don't agree with the rule, disagree with the rule he gave you. Um, but there are difference makers. Like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, I'd say you could draft them earlier than the sixth round. They're, in the fourth, fifth round, they're definitely getting value for them. Mm-hmm. Um, at that round, it's just that we're so used to them disappointing. But they're... I really don't see it with those two. Um, and in Superflex, it just adds another layer. And like you saw, you know, people are going to force you into Mitch Trubisky if you don't make another move.
2: Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, and, and again, that goes with the zigging with the zagging. If they're all taking quarterbacks, you don't want to get it caught. At the end. If, if your choice is take Mitch Trubisky or wait two rounds and take Mitch Trubisky, because no one's going to take Mitch Trubisky no. in those two rounds, <laughs> just go the other way. I'm just going to take right. the wide receiver you all avoided runs do have that reverse effect of while they're taking quarterbacks, they're letting those running backs and wide receivers you expected go for to you. And so you can take advantage of that. The good thing about dynasty, you mentioned building and not building earlier. One of the biggest realizations I've come to about playing dynasty football is that when I started, I thought the idea was to build the great roster and then maintain it forever. You know, and, and you know, I've got all my guys in Cortland Sutton and And Patrick Mahomes are dominating for generations. But what I've seen, the more and more I've played Dynasty, the players that I really start to want to emulate and notice win a lot more often than most others are the ones that turn over their roster frequently but really well. Uh, I saw Jake Anderson, former co-host on my podcast. He drafted basically straight running backs in the startup draft, which is a bad idea from what we said, but he mm-hmm. hit on all of them. He had Saquon Barkley, he had, he had, I think he had Patrick Mahomes in a Superflex. He also had Dalvin Cook that year because, you know, we were a little uncertain of him that off season, but he just hammered running back and ended up with all the great running backs from last year. But then immediately as it ended, instead of maintaining that roster and just trying to add with draft picks, he started selling them off. So a dynasty isn't a team that you get the right players on and keep them. It's trading them and trading four different players onto your roster in a successful way. I don't know if that makes clear sense to you, but that's one of the big changes I've gone through playing dynasty. I'm not trying to build a roster. I'm trying to build a dynasty of turning my roster over significantly. And what I'm saying about the quarterback runs there is if you don't get a quarterback um. Maybe you just have to accept that's where you're starting. Sometimes, I mean, you read your team, you read your draft. Again, you've got to make up your own mind. But sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to suck at quarterback. That's what I'm going to have to be building on, making trades towards, getting rookie picks so I can draft Tua, whatever it is. Sometimes it's okay to accept that you don't have the perfect roster because the whole point about Dynasty, as far as I can see, isn't to build a great roster, but it's to turn that roster over very successfully because that's way different than where I started. I just wanted to... When I started, I just wanted to build a team with all the 2014 wide receivers because that's when I started playing. I was like, I want these guys on my team forever. I want Odell Beckham and I want Mike Evans and (laughs) Devontae Adams is going to happen one day, man. And I just that's what I wanted to do. But instead of stacking up all my favorite players, the idea would be to trade Odell Beckham because he'd hit high value, maybe for running backs and to hold on to Devontae Adams, but then trade him maybe now because his values finally reach what his ceiling potential is. Yeah. So it's not about building roster. It's about changing your roster at the right times in the right way successfully. And that's kind of frustrating because I just wanted to have all my favorite players on my team. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, and you can play that way. I'm like, I'm not like, I hope I'm not letting you down here, Faith. Like you can do that. You can just go stack up all your favorite players and have fun. But, um, And you can still win that way. I I know a bunch of people that beat me every year playing that way. So it's not like (laughs) something you can't do. But I do notice that teams that are a dynasty that win successive and are always in the top three, it's not because they keep the same great players. It's because they trade those players and end up with other good, great players the next year. And Mm -hmm. so I think dynasty is more about changing your roster than than having the right roster, if that makes sense. In, In fact, the only place I can do that in dynasty, is old guys like Julio Jones. I've got no worries, no one's coming to trade for Julio no, no. Jones right now, and I'm fine with that because his value is lower than it's ever been, and it's not going to get higher, even if he's a number one wide receiver mm-hmm. again <laughs> next year, because people just don't like old players. So, yeah. there you just get to get your favorite player and keep him forever. Keenan Allen, right now, really difficult to trade. He's probably still going to keep being good, but he's just past that point where people are willing to overpay because they're worried about the future. And
1: I think a lot of of times that people don't want to take those older players because they've got new, young, fresh blood that's fresh. Like, the blood is fresh in the water. They've just been drafted. They're just coming off their Mm -hmm. junior, senior year of college. All of this tape, like, the hype is real. And so they're like, no, I don't want your older player because – I want this guy. I want Jonathan Taylor right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because look at him.
0: The hot new thing. Yeah.
1: Cough cough, John Helmkamp. <laughs> Obsessed.
0: I would say with running backs, it's a little different where we should expect them to be really good really early. Wide receivers, like we just said, it's a little different. But like um most good running backs are good pretty quickly. But I I completely get your point. Like, everyone's interested in the hot new thing. Like, yeah, I guess that's where I'm pushing towards, Faith. Here's my little snippet to add to the list. It's that as a redraft player, you have a bigger advantage over dynasty players, and they're basically trying to confuse you with fancy charts, right? So don't let them mislead you with value. Like, you can probably kick their ass this year. And even if you because you're aware of that you know young players okay t higgins next year is going to be better you know mm-hmm. that stuff so you're not going to stumble too hard in the mid and late rounds because you're going to be looking for it yeah but if you draft not being so afraid of your redraft instincts <laughs> as dynasty players want you to be you probably have a bigger edge over them than not because they're probably going to want melvin gordon mid-season you're going to be like oh yeah
1: yeah <laughs> give
0: me that rookie Give me that rookie. Yeah. <laughs> who is You're drafted okay. in what round now?
1: Huh? <laughs> and that's not to say that you may not end up taking a rookie ridiculously early. And that's fine. You gotta, you gotta
0: get your guy, right? That's the first piece of advice on your list. <laughs> yes,
1: it is. And it's it's funny because I was in a draft the other day with somebody. No. That's a lie. Somebody's drafting now, and I was talking to them, and they had just read my article. And he said, I was like, How how was it going? He said, Well, not so great because I was waiting for this person thinking they would fall to me. And I'm like, You literally just read my article. What was the first thing on it? Always yes. get your shot. <laughs> and that's a piece of advice that was given to me that I think is great because obviously you kind of need to know general idea of where these people are falling, but Mm -hmm. they may have fallen in the fourth round in this league. They may have fallen in the fifth round, which is great, but in the league you're in, somebody else may want them. So they may go in the third round. So it's that mixture of knowing, okay, what's a general good spot to draft this person. So it's not too, too early. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm not taking Keyshawn Vaughn in the fourth round. Cough, cough me. A um, um,
0: little high, but I don't mind the player.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so that's the thing is like the player, fourth round, a little early. Nobody else was going to draft him around that. I could have waited. So, it's the balance of knowing okay, take him around this time. But if it starts falling to maybe 4 2 or. 4-4, four, four, maybe you want to think about picking this person up. And
0: I do think um, it's really important, like you're saying, there's a range of outcomes, a range of values. You want to make it. You want to make that big bet at a reasonable place. You don't want to take Keyshawn Vaughn in the first round. Yeah. But maybe, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> I think it was uh, Anthony and Mika I was talking to the other week, and we both commented on the fact that every great move we've ever seen in a redraft or a dynasty league looks stupid at the time someone made it. Uh like that's where the win league winning moves make that's the difference making moves so while you should be aware that you don't want to risk too much it's okay to take a big risk because that's what pays off at Mm -hmm. the end of the day now if you get it wrong you're just gonna have to kick yourself in the butt and go okay yeah it turned out it was a stupid move but if it works out that can seriously that's the biggest difference maker you can make it's Ignoring the noise and just, you know what, I like something about AJ Brown. Yeah. Everything said, and I still say, everything said Keenan Allen, uh, not Keenan Allen, Nikhil Harry. And I still love Keenan K- and Nikhil Harry. But there's no question anyone who ignored everything that has any signal and just went, I like AJ Brown, is laughing in the back, la- laughing all the way to the bank right now. Uh-huh. Now, we try to find things to help us know when those big moves are but sometimes like like i said you just got to think what you think and you just have to go make that big move and that's all what get your guy means right don't be be as smart about it as you can but never be afraid of making a bad move because that's also where all the good moves come from so yeah i think that is worthy of placing in the first place but it does come with a lot of little asterisks like not in the first round bro Not above (laughs) Christian McCaffrey, bro. (laughs) You know? Exactly. (laughs) Lamar Uh, Jackson, frankly. You know, that was a big move um, last year to draft Lamar Jackson. But if you let him fall to you just a little bit where you wanted him, but you just let him fall to you, then, you know, he was a league winner last year at quarterback, which we just said wasn't important unless it's super flex. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I definitely think that's a really good thing to have first on your lift and have have as at your core um it's just another way of saying don't be afraid don't let the nerds scare you don't let the dynasty people make you so afraid of your redraft instincts you know um because frankly they're wrong you're right <laughs> that's the attitude you kind of have to play a game where there's one winner and 11 losers. It You kind of got to stand on that hill sometimes. Kind of love that. Faith, I've been talking uh, nonsense at you for a while and you've been diligently coming up with good points about my nonsense, but what are you up to right now? What are you doing? Where are you at? Where can we find you? What can we look forward to in the future?
1: I am part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team. Uh, I am eloquently the <laughs> DHH, as they dubbed me, and I've run with that title.
0: <laughs> it's a good one.
1: Um, I am also, my, my good friend's stepmom Lauren and I are taking over the airwaves for our friends podcast, which is no pun intended presented by Club Fantasy FFL uh, at Club Fantasy FFL on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, clubfantasyffl.com. And for the month of August, uh, the rest of the month of August, starting next Wednesday, uh, we are taking over and Presenting the women of fantasy football. Every Wednesday, her and I will be live on Twitter, Twitch, everywhere and anywhere. um, (laughs) All things women of fantasy football with some of Twitter fantasy football's biggest female names. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about great things that... Women in fantasy football know things that we've put up with. I'm sure there will be lots of shenanigans. Probably some raucous laughter. Don't don't
0: undersell it. This sounds like the most fun we've seen on a podcast for like generations. This sounds fantastic. Just you I, and stepmom Lauren going at it. I I will tune in just for that. Like don't.
1: I've had several guys that are like, "Can we be part of this?" And I said, <laughs> um. For a price.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the girl thing. Like, there's there is no more fun than watching stepmom Lara go at people. I'm sorry, There's just not. <laughs> it's like, she's, she's fantastic. She's uh, amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I was watching the open bar the other day, and she was on there along with Samantha Holt and Jen, and yes. they were they were killing it. Um, so yeah, that sounds that sounds really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and DHH are putting together quite a bit of a crew. I know Tyler, who I think is the head of DHH. Yeah. He's been really making a push to put together a new team and some new type of content. So I'm yeah. excited for you guys.
1: Yeah. We have gotten some several new pieces of young blood in the water. <laughs> new blood, we'll call it. They're not exactly young.
0: Oh, wow. Shade. Shots fired. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Sucking my gut a little bit. No, um, no, I'm really looking forward to what you guys are going to start putting out there because it really seems that Tyler's making a push, and I'm excited to see what comes of it. Yourself included, um. So good luck, and thanks for coming on, Lauren. I know I don't. I'm not the best at asking questions, but I really did enjoy a conversation, and I hope you enjoyed some of it too. I did. <laughs> I just I was just fishing like for that. I- like, please tell me you didn't have a good time. <laughs> please tell me you had a good time. I feel um, like I.
1: Yeah, know nothing about Dynasty,
0: though. <laughs> hey, man, my main lesson here is you shouldn't you shouldn't worry about that so much. <laughs> exactly. Just draft the best players. Um, I, hey, uh, that's actually something I want to start asking. The closer we get to the season, it's kind of an off-the-cuff question. And again, with no preparation, maybe it's unfair. And maybe it's Keyshawn Vaughn, who you already named. <laughs> but, like, do you have a player or, like, one or two players that you really think are league winners? You think are the ones that you are going to get your guy on? the 2020 season whatever form it takes
1: I mean I have people that I like people that I look for people that I'm like come to me um and I I don't know
0: Faith this sounds like the dynasty nerds have gotten to you too bad already (laughs) like let the redraft instincts wash over you and tell me who you who's gonna win you your league come on man Keyshawn Vaughn's gonna stomp what what (laughs) what are you gonna do about it That's (laughs) redraft this up.
1: (laughs) I drafted (laughs) Keyshawn Vaughn in the fourth round happened in redraft. (laughs)
0: There we go.
1: It was SFBX that I drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the fourth round. And I got so much crap for it. And I'm like, you know what? I may be wrong, but I'm gonna say this now. Keyshawn Vaughn's gonna ball out, and you all are gonna be jealous. I will probably be completely wrong, especially after all of the news that we've recently gotten. No,
0: no, you're going Dynasty on me again. Save those receipts. (laughs) (laughs) Screenshot those tweets. (laughs) You are so stupid for taking Keisha and Vaughn, and then you can delete them if it doesn't work out. But if it does, (laughs) you can be like, "Ha, there is a certain point where we have to climb on a hill and just enjoy the fall if it fails. But we also Ah. get to enjoy the rise. So you get to enjoy people tilting at you and you're like teacher i'm fawn and they're like no you understand this stat over here and you're like no because <laughs> it's it. a little fun just to be all for someone you know and i don't Uh-oh. hate it <laughs> rojo sucks <laughs> no evidence <laughs> um no i love, i actually really like that where we t- i was talking about him the other week like in a backfield where there is no clear starter he's the only one that we haven't seen anything from, he's more of a mystery, right? There's more potential there in that way. And I kind of like the idea. Maybe not in the fourth round, but I don't have the guts that you do, Faith. I just, that's that's all. That's the only reason right. And again, you can check out Faith at FF underscore Leap of Faith, which is a Twitter handle I'm now jealous of because that includes your name, but also Leap of Faith is just a cool thing. Okay. Um, I just gave up halfway through writing my name. That's when my app comes from. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway uh thanks again guys for listening and I will talk to you again next week I really appreciate it thanks again faith
1: thanks for having me
2: yeah chicken a crow, crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll Twitter go play run phone so Jake on the table and they on the play more no. it's a pleasure are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Close. Picking their brains, got different in lanes, but I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order. They disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders. Stick out that eye, eye, like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroad. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run so Jake on the table and they on the a play so he didn't It's a the place they analytical, chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a pole, Twitter is gold, play run so Jake on the table and they on the a play so he didn't It's a the place they analytical.